So I'm here with Inga Thompson. You one of the trailblazers of cycling, of, of women's cycling in the 80s. Oh, it was it was really difficult because we didn't have a lot of teams and a lot of support, and we weren't paid. And so you, we would work, you know, several jobs in order to make enough money to to go to the next race and to and try to train while you were still racing. And so. Like when we came to the Tour de France, you know, we had to get our own plane tickets and you got here and this was before the cell phone and before GPS and before you just got on an airplane and you said goodbye to your mother and your father and you saw them again in a few months unless you had some, you know, some nickels in your pocket to call your parents. You know, you put it in the pay phone and ching, ching, you know, and um, and so when we first started racing this, All we ever heard was women can't, it was the kitchen races, it was the skirt races and all the reasons why we shouldn't be racing. I remember arguing with the um, the president at the time of the uh, Union Cycliste International, UCI, and they were telling us that um, they were probably going to start mandating if you started your menstrual cycle that they weren't going to allow you to race. And I said, well, what are you going to No, There isn't a single woman here that's going to confess to being on her menstrual cycle i mean what are you going to do before the race panty check and you know so we we really fought to be here to have the equality to you have to start somewhere and i call it build it and they will come and i know when i was young i was always told that there was no sports for women and in 1984 we were told that they had the very first women's olympics ever the, the 1984 cycling uh, road race And then they were going to have the very first women's Tour de France ever. And I was in college on a running scholarship, and I thought, this is what I want to do. I've always loved the bike. And so I went, and I actually, I was supposed to go to Australia, and I was going to get a job on a cattle ranch. And instead of going to Australia and get the job on the cattle ranch, I took that money and I bought a bicycle. And three months later, I made an Olympic team. And But I, I remember telling people that I was going to do the Tour de France. And they said, women can't do the Tour de France. And I said, just you watch me. I'm going to the Tour de France. And I, I didn't make it. I went to the Olympics instead. But two years later, I got to come to the Tour de France. And when they had it here, it was spectacular. It was, it was we ran right in front of the men. And so our races might have been shorter than the men, but the men had all of this long, flat area to kind of ride out before they started the mountain passes. They started us right at the bottom of the mountain passes. And so we got to have all of the same finishes as the men. It was spectacular, but this is something I'd like people to know is that that year in 1986, Maria Canine's overall winning time was only six tenths of a mile per hour slower than Greg LeMond's or, you know, one kilometer per hour slower than Greg LeMond's. And people say, well, you know, the women didn't ride as far. And I say, well, the men had 200 racers in their field and we had maybe 80. And of those 80, maybe 40 of us you know, were actually supported while being there. And so I was so proud of the women that had less support than I had. I mean, they're, they're really the heroes, the ones that they suffered more than I did. It, it looked like the, the racing at, the, at, at that time was tougher, r uh, rougher. How do you compare to today? It looks a lot more professional today. Uh, but at, at, in your era, it looked like, you know, it was really a, a battle. Um, you know, the, the speeds are probably similar maybe they're faster now because they have a, a bigger peloton but it was still tough racing mark my words it, it was incredibly tough like I was one of 
the top riders always consistently top three and I was gassed the whole time just felt like I was hanging on by the skin of my teeth to try to keep up I mean the women were tough and strong and as we've had this reunion and gotten together we realize that we're all strong tough alpha females I mean we're it, it, it takes a personality type to be here, and it's not going to be your very gentle, gentle woman. We're, we're all warriors. We're all, <laughs> I think we've earned the name the originals. <laughs> uh, how do you look now at this new edition of the Tour de France Femme? Uh, everyone says, you know, your era, it's a shame it stopped. And it's, it seems and it feels like now there's no going back. I, I don't think that there's any going back now because during my era, we didn't have the media coverage. You didn't have social media. You didn't have the cell phones. You didn't have this ability to record it easily and get it out there. And they're finding that women are so good about being on social media and promoting it. And so I don't think that this will ever stop because I think people start uh, understanding how strong a force women are when it comes to sports. Like most people that I know, they've kind of, I won't say they've stepped away from men's uh, sports, but they enjoy women's sports as much as they enjoy men's sports. And of all the women that I know and myself, I don't bother to watch the men anymore. I watch the women because there's more tactics. It's, it's, it's just different. Um, women's racing, as women's tennis is different or... or all of the sports you, we have to stop comparing it to the men and you compare us unto ourselves and it's it's beautiful to watch when you when you're watching these women out here it just makes my heart smile to see this event started back up and and I think about the future generations of young girls that can watch it on TV and they can dream about this being a future where before we had social media before people could follow women's racing is why women's racing struggled because little girls didn't have a dream they didn't know that it existed or it didn't exist and now it does and now they have the coverage and now these little girls can dream and i think this is just the beginning of the the domino effect and, and i think you're going to see it grow exponentially from here because women's sports is valuable and this is the beginning of a new era. You look back at this, I can see your smile on, on your face. Is it is it an enjoyable time when you think about it back? It is an enjoyable time because sports is about giving it your best. And some of my best memories were the times that I just got annihilated by, you know, or you blew up and you look back and go, well, I gave it my all and I gave it maybe a little bit too much and I blew up. Well, we always have tomorrow. And, and I enjoyed knowing that I could push so, it was very, let me rephrase this. It was very rare that I ever blew up. And so if I did, I was actually kind of like, oh good. You know, I know that I pushed to that limit. I always worried that I didn't push myself as hard as I could have because you try to leave it such that you have everything for the end. You just don't want to make it to the end. You want to make it to the end and you want to have your best sprint and your best effort and at the same time, you want to blow up everybody else's legs. And you try to find that balance of you blow up everybody else's legs, but you don't blow up your own. And that's one of the things I used to do, attack and attack and attack. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. Oh, you as well. Thank you.